Broadcasting Company. This is WRAL Out and About, a podcast about everything fun happening in the Triangle. I am your host, Kathy Hanrahan. I'm here with Ashley Roddy. What's up, Ashley? Hi, how's it going? It's Thanksgiving week. It is. What's your favorite thing about Thanksgiving? My favorite thing is pie. Pie? Pie is what like kind of pie? next is level. There... Oh my gosh. Next level. <laughs> what type of pie? Like, is there a specific type? Um, pumpkin or apple or both. Preferably both. Have you ever Honestly. had a pie cake where they put a pie inside of a cake and then they bake it? No. I've tried to do that before. It doesn't always it like doesn't come out right. But I, I mean, the few times it's worked, it's been amazing. Whoa. Okay. Um, so you bake, yeah. Like yeah. I am open to having my life changed. So <laughs> like anytime you want to des- introduce me to it's something. It's the dessert version of the turducken. Um, <laughs> love the idea. What about you though? What's your I favorite love, Thanksgiving? Oh, I love turkey. And I really? love I love the turkey, and then I'm a really big fan of um, like we have uh, like a I do a sweet potato casserole, mm-hmm. so I like that. Like that's like my thing that I do, and I do try and make the Ashley Christensen mac and cheese. <laughs> the past couple years yes. I've done it, and it comes out amazing. But you I mean it's one of those things that like you eat it right away. Oh yeah, you have to. You have to. So I mean, I, like, how could you hold back? I know. Anyway? So like that's not good. something you can pre-make. You smell it, and you're just like. Okay, well, now it's gone. Now it's gone. I've eaten <laughs> it. It's done. That's it. Live with it. Um, but it's always so good to do. But it's it's time intensive of trying to like make sure you grate. Right. So, like grate the cheese, and it's a lot. Oh, I the first time I made mac and cheese, I spent <laughs> I spent so much money on fancy cheese, and like it was honestly foolish, and. I just I spent probably twenty minutes just wearing my arms you out do. creating cheese. You should wear your Fitbit when you do that because then you get all these extra points. Yeah, you get your steps. Yeah, that's I mean that's a that's a trick. Uh, I I mean I don't know with the five month old at home and the seven year old. I don't know if I'm going to have time to do the grating of the cheese and the, I had more oh. time to do things last year. And I mean last year I did you know full disclosure I was doing in vitro, um, so I was pregnant last year for Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving was my last day of shots. Um, I was pregnant, and I had one more shot to do, and it was on Thanksgiving. Wow. So I just finished, you know, doing all these. Because every morning I'd wake up, and I'd have to have a shot um, yeah. to start my day. So I was not in no mood to fool with that uh, <laughs> fool with the mac and cheese last year. I think I phoned it in, but I did it for Christmas. Um, but it's a big thing. So, yeah, we are thankful for a lot of things this year, just positive energy and health and happiness and family. And, and this is a really fun episode because we've got comedian Jen Kirkman uh, who's joining yes. us. Uh, it, she's so oh much fun. I, had, I caught up with her. She's hilarious. She's performing at Motor Co. Uh, in next week, next weekend. It's going to be fantastic. And she just puts so, on a great show. So fun. She's been on Drunk History. She has done, oh, she's done so many. Chelsea, she was on Chelsea lately. She's done a million different things. And she's good friends with Chelsea Handler. She kind of talks a little bit about that. She, she talks a little bit about a special Thanksgiving that she had um, with a special friend. Um, it'll be, it, it's, it's really fun. Uh, it's a great thing. So make sure to take a listen to that uh, and we will be back. Okay, I am chatting right now with Jen Kirkman, a podcaster, a comedian, uh, an actress. You, you do everything. I feel like you're one of those people that are, you're an author. Um, you do it all. So you're going to be coming to Motor Co. in Durham uh, quite soon in a couple, uh, like a week or so. Um, tell us more about what people can expect. Yeah, I'm doing two shows on Saturday, December 7th, and it, it, you know, it's just kind of when the date shook out that was available and when my schedule was available because I wanted to come back to Durham this year because I, I usually play Durham like every other year. And it was so close to Christmas, I thought, 
why don't I make it, I'll call it comedy with a touch of Christmas. I, I do a big Christmas show in Los Angeles every year. And so I'm bringing some of those elements to this show. Nothing huge, but just, you know, I'll, I'll be selling and signing copies of my books after the show. And a portion of that will go to the a local food bank. So people will definitely get to see me do stand up, but there's just a few other things added in. So it should be, should be really fun. And I'll probably wear sequins. <laughs> you have to wear sequins. <laughs> if it's the holidays, you definitely have to exactly. wear sequins. Tell me more. <laughs> tell me more about how you got involved in comedy. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's so many, I've been in it 22 years and there's so many twists and turns to a comedian's life that how I first got involved in comedy truly has nothing to do with how I got involved in projects I do now. Like every five years, there's again, a twist and a turn and a stated chance or a this and a that. And you end up meeting these people and working over here. And then that brings more work. So once you take the first step and go to your first open mic, if you just don't stop doing that, you will keep living a life building. It's kind of like, um, if you had, I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's like anything else. If you met somebody at 35 and got married, it would be like, it wouldn't be like, Oh, you've been planning to meet that person since you were 15, but through a series of events, you know, you ended up, meeting someone and getting married. So I'd say through a series of events, Mm -hmm. I ended up staying a comedian, which to me was way more challenging than becoming one because to become one, you can just get, you know, I did the most boring thing that everyone does. I just went to an open mic in, in Boston. Um, and it was from years of being, uh, an artsy kid. I want, you know, I'm interested in all the arts. I just danced my whole life, was in theater, blah, 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 went to theater school and just, went to a comedy show one night and really felt a connection to what that, I liked that. I liked, I'd only been part of things that were a group or mm-hmm. <clears throat> things you had to audition for. And I, I just felt a calling to get up on and do it. Um, had nothing to do with thinking I was funny or anything like that. I just, I just thought I want to do this. Then I did it once and I kept doing it and then life kept unfolding and, and now you're so, here. Yeah. And now you're here. Yeah, I'm uh, here. What is more difficult for you? Do you, I mean, do you think it's harder to go on stage and just stand up or is it more difficult <laughs> to write um, or acting? Like what is? I'd say stand up is the hardest. I. It's very easy for me to go on stage, but the career of a stand up is not within their control. And it's really, really heartbreaking. And you can have people think I've made it, but I haven't. And it can be really heartbreaking trying to promote gigs, get people to come. You can lose money touring. I'm experiencing that lately. So there's no guarantee, you know, even if you're very funny, even if you have a Netflix special, even if whatever, that you get to live your dream. And so for me, stand-up has proven to be <clears throat> the thing that I'm best at mm-hmm. and the thing that's given me the most heartbreak. That's just kind of the life of a stand-up. So- um, writing jobs are challenging because there's a skill and there's a formula and you're working for other people and just like any job you want to do a good job and there's good days and bad days at the office but it's a little more secure and so I really like uh, security right now so Mm -hmm. for me right now writing is feels very um, writing is Mm -hmm. in and of itself the art of writing is very hard I find it harder than stand up but it uh it does lend itself to certain security in a weird way that stand-up doesn't. So 
there's there's yin and yang to everything. And writing's hard because, I mean, you know, I write and I did stand up a little while. <laughs> and when I would be writing stand up, that was hard. And now that I'm a, I mean, I'm a writer, I write news, I write features. Um, it's hard because you have to get into this zone. And there are times that everything you write is just terrible. <laughs> it's just not what yeah. you want it to be. And you keep rewriting. And it's, it's like you have a writer's block. <laughs> you have writer's block, but you're writing constantly and it's just terrible. Um, it's hard to explain to people that. You, you hear the words in your head. You see the writing in your head. And once it travels down to your fingers, it doesn't come out. It, it, it's very hard for me to understand how I have all these great things in my mind. And then when I try to write them out, it takes more than just one try. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm transcribing my thoughts. It's like it becomes a different art form once it's in the written word. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's a challenge. And it's such a... It's a lot. Uh, it's, it's laborious. I know you've, you've done some stuff with drunk history. Is that a lot of fun? I, How does that work? It's actually not. And, and I say this with so much love. It's fun when it comes out. I, basically, my really good friend, Derek Waters, um, invented the whole thing. And I just did another one last month. Mm-hmm. And I had retired and said, I, I'm not because I've done five of them. I was like, I'm not going to do another because the hangovers are so bad. Mm-hmm. And sure, yeah. Well, they're terrible. And then as you get older, you know. And so, but what was funny, and I say it's not fun. I mean, it is fun, but it's a real, like, it freaks your mind. It's like, F your mind up. Like, I, mm-hmm. you're the only one drinking. And it's not a party. And e- there's no, there's a point in our conscience, consciousness when we're drinking where we tip over to the drunk side. Mm-hmm. And all your vulnerabilities come out. And if you're the only one drinking and everyone's looking at you, it's, it's like encoded in your soul. You feel like you're doing something wrong, even though you're being paid to do it. Yeah. Everyone knows you're not a person that would drink two bottles of wine and sit there and act inappropriate, but it feels weird. And so there's a lot of like yeah. stopping and starting and like it's Derek really has to become a psychiatrist in those moments. And then as you get more drunk, you know, you think you're not telling the story correctly. And he's always saying, I'm sober. I'm the director. It's my show. I promise you're getting the story out. I won't let you not. Um, but you just, you know, so how it works is, you know, it's worked differently. I did what, one of the very first ones when they would just show up with a camera. And, but basically how it works is they find some stories. They send them your way. Whatever one you hook into and feel really passionate about is the one that they want you to do. And, you know, you do your research and they have researchers. And you just have to kind of hone in on a really basic story, but make it something that's very visual and very conversational so that mm-hmm. they can film something. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, I should do drunk history. I'm a historian and I know a lot of facts. And I'm like, yeah, but facts don't play out in a scene. So no. you do that and then you're sitting on the couch and you have one glass of wine or whatever you drink and you do it relatively, you know, sober or buzz. Then you do it again and you do it again and again. You might tell the story 10 or 12 times, each a different level of drunkenness. And then there's a researcher behind the scenes. So you can say, I'm sorry, I forgot what was their name. And, you know, they'll shout it out. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's edited to edit out some of that stuff. But it's really just you progressively getting drunk saying the same thing over and over, over, and over again. That doesn't sound like much fun at all. Yeah, I just <laughs> wondered how it was kind of set up. And it does feel like kind of awkward. Is it weird for you to go back and watch it? Do you watch it at all? 
Well, you know what's funny is I always love watching it because it's nothing like, again, it was like, when I look back on it, I'm like, oh, that was fun. But I didn't know it at the time because I was this paranoid drunk person. So when you see it, it looks totally normal and it's so funny. And a lot of times I'll forget what happened because I was so drunk. And so I'll see the final product and be like, I don't even remember doing that. (laughs) And so I've always died laughing at the final product. And I normally don't like to watch myself in Mm -hmm. anything, but I'll totally watch myself in drunk history because I, I find no flaws with it because I was drunk, you know, I couldn't Mm -hmm. have done any better. And so I, I just did another one and I suffered the same thing where I was like, I don't think I did a good job. And they're like, it was great. So I'll be curious to see, (laughs) you know, when it comes out. I have my own version of drunk history. It's, I do like exhausted mommy stories to my kids because I'm just so tired and I don't remember history. I don't remember like what happened, but I'll do like the oral history of Beyonce from like my five month old. And I'm like, okay, you need to know this information. Now Beyonce began. And I I just, and I kind of tell her that story. um, And my seven year old son loves these weird stories. Like I tell him the Kanye Taylor Swift feud. That was one night's bedtime story. Um, That's really a great idea. And he really learns about pop culture. He uh, takes away a lot wow, of information. Wow, that's an amazing idea. Yeah, that's real. And then if, if you start going on, he can just, you can give him something boring so he can fall asleep. Now, I would think that would get him all stimulated and excited. He listens and he's like, story. oh, he's like, oh, and then what <laughs> happened after that? And then and the receipts. Oh, the receipts. <laughs> and, and it's always like a great moment um, in, in history as, uh, you know, we go through the receipts. We talk about, I said, now we'll do the rise of the Kardashians. We'll leave out a few important parts, you know, that are not appropriate for you. Yeah, um, you can't really tell them how they got <laughs> No, but I can just say big booty. TV show, Ryan Seacrest. And it kind of narrows it down, you know, and then all of a sudden we've yeah. got, you know, our bedtime story. But yeah, I like to do those uh, stories with my children. Um, actually, I someone <laughs> sent me the Go the F to Sleep book. Oh, um, yeah, I've heard of that. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Um, and my son picked it up the other day. And uh, he was like, what is this? I said, let's go to Beep to Sleep. And that's what I need to start Our reading to you. not supposed to see that book. <laughs> I it's don't, not a children's I book, don't right? think so. Um, okay. <laughs> he picked it up and was like, can I read this? And I was like, you know what? Not yet. Uh, not yet, but yeah, I think maybe we, maybe we're on to something with these uh, weird mommy uh, bedtime stories. Uh, maybe that should be a, another podcast uh, because we definitely I, t- I tell some weird stuff. And I'm, you're so tired, you feel drunk. I mean, for me, when I'm exhausted, it's almost like I'm drunk. Um, oh, 100%. I've had times when I'm so tired and I'm not on any anything. And I'll wake up the next day and I'll see that I sent a text or an email at a certain time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a vague memory of that. And I'm like, oh, that's because I was not drunk at all. You just didn't. That's just exhaust, exhaustion from the road. You were so tired. You just couldn't do it. Um, what do you want people to know about your podcast? I know you're a podcaster as well. Oh, yeah. Well, my podcast, you know, I originally started doing it. Um, I've, I'm a big podcast fan. I mean, I've been listening to them since they first came out. I mean, I think one of the first ones was Ricky Gervais' podcast mm-hmm. um, back in like 2000. Five, six, and I don't even remember how I listened to them because I, I, I only had the old iPod, and I, I don't remember even. But um, so I love podcasts, and I thought, well, I should do one because I love the medium, and I didn't want to book guests or have to deal with another person, and I, I like some of the solo podcasts that are out there, and so I decided I would do a once a week show, just about you know, improvise off the top of my head. It's not like jokes that are worked on and written um 
you know, about what went on that week, whether it was something on tour or something in the news or just mm-hmm. whatever. And it's called Having Funlessness with Jen Kirkman. Mm-hmm. And I named it that because when I was on Chelsea lately, a long time ago, um, because her show was so fun and she was drinking, I mean, she wasn't drinking on the air, but she talked about drinking and people got this idea that all the comedians that were on her show were that way. And so I would get a lot of fans coming out and especially with the drunk history who were like partying it up at my shows and like, woo. And you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, Oh, I'm not like that. Like I'm way more like, you know, serious, like more Larry David than like a party. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I have to start a podcast so people can really get to know the real me. And so it's, yeah, it's where I go to like, you know, just kind of, it's all, I would say it's always real. It's sometimes funny. It's sometimes serious. It's always real. It's just the real me talking about things. And obviously it does end up being funny a lot of the time, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, you might get an extended rant from me about customer service at CVS or something. Um, <laughs> but I really love it. And then, uh, yeah, so that comes out once a week mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, I have interviewed people on it every once in a while, like I'll do a bonus episode, but mostly it is just me you know, taking the listener into my world. We'll be right back with more from Jen Kirkman. We are back with comedian Jen Kirkman. You've got really fun stories throughout your career because you've encountered, I'm sure, a lot of interesting and fun people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've definitely, um, you know, a lot of them, though, I can't say because, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, it's like, I had Thanksgiving once with Jennifer Aniston at Chelsea's house. It wasn't like me and Jen palling around. It was a lot of people were there, but she was one of the people. Mm-hmm. And and it was Chelsea and all of her writers and Jen and Justin at the time were the only really famous people there. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like I can't quite get into everything they were talking about and and details I know about their personal life, but I might tell a story like that and talk about what that must have been like for them when they walk in and they realize, oh, it's not Chelsea's other A-list friends. It's her work friends. And when do we leave? Like, they must have just been like this stuff. But they seem yeah. to have a really good time. But it just kept running through my head like, she doesn't want to be sitting across from me. And then, you know, I remember Chelsea's brother saying to me as a joke, Jen, you're really religious. You should say grace. And everyone laughed. And then her name's Jen, and I think she oh. thought he was talking to her, and she very earnestly said Grace, and it was really sweet. Oh, no. But it was like, <laughs> That's so she awkward. must have just been like, why am I with this table of jerks who are only making jokes and only, like, being mean to each other? <laughs> but I don't know. <clears throat> you know, but I, yeah, I have a lot of random stories about, and just, like, a lot of TV shows I do. Like, I get to do David Spade's show Lights Out a lot, and, you know, I've been on a few times with, with other people like that he was on Saturday Night Live with and, you know, backstage will tell me fun stories about the old days. And so I, I get to be a fly on the wall to a lot mm-hmm. of cool conversations. Who are some of your favorite people to uh, hang out with? Your famous friends. Do you have any famous well, friends that you're close with or, you, or are you just close with just regular people? Um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't have any famous friends. I mean, one of my good friends is Zach Alphanakis, but I knew him before he was famous, but I don't see him a lot. I mean, he's like married with kids. He lives on the other side of town, but he's from North Carolina so, too. Big North Carolina. He's that's right. Carolina. Yeah. But we're so close. Like, you know, we recently, I mean, it's not funny at all, but we recently had a friend pass away and we spent some time together, you know, but it's like, mm-hmm. 
you know, I don't have famous friends. I have like acquaintances, you know, I know a lot of famous people, maybe we'll DM on Instagram or something, but like the, my, my people that I hang out with. Now, if I had a famous friend, it would be, you know, like I said, like totally random because either they got famous mm-hmm. later in life or I just happened to meet them and, and mm-hmm. whatever. But it, it's mainly like my close friends are people that I've known since childhood that I went to college with or that I met through being on Kelsey lately. A lot of the writers in that show, my friends, Chris Frangel and Sarah Kelowna, I see them all the time. And then I just meet new friends through different jobs that I have. So most of my friends are writers and comedians. I'd say uh, 90% of them are. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the holidays. What do you have planned? I know you're going to be doing some, you're, you're touring, so you're in and out, yeah. and out of clubs, but what are well, you doing? Well, I'm only, I'm only doing two shows. So the Richmond and the one in Durham and that's it. Um, it's just a hard time of year to, to travel with, you know, like unpredictable weather and all that stuff. But, um, so for the holidays, so I'm, you know, again, I'm going to be, uh, doing those shows and then my family lives in Massachusetts. So I go see them every year. Um, I mean, I see them more than that, but my sister has, uh, sort of like a farm. She's got more of a farm lifestyle. She works with horses. So I go stay with her. And then the other family members of mine, like we all congregate there. She's got the most space. And, um, yeah, so it'll just be five days at home, Massachusetts with the family, real low key, um, watching a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies and, uh, you know, that's it. (laughs) Did you see there's a contest? Um, there's a thing where, uh, I think CenturyLink is asking people to enter to be the person who watches like all of the Hallmark movies. You watch like 24 Hallmark movies in like a week. And then I know my you, sister sent me that link. You need to, maybe you need to consider doing that in well, your spare time. You could... <laughs> it's funny because I actually, I actually am writing a Hallmark Christmas movie. I, I got hooked up with that network last year, and I pitched them an idea, and we go through the development process where they say, okay, well now write it as an outline. Okay, well now write this. So they, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be saying this out loud, but I will anyway. But they just <laughs> said you can start in on your script. So in a few months, nice. I have to finish my Hallmark movie. So. The, you don't even have to pay me. I mean, they have to pay me to rent it, but you don't even have to pay me to watch Hallmark movies. I watch all 45 every year. Well, I don't it's know how you, like, I could not fit in that it. many. It's so many. Like, well, that's the thing. It's craziness. And, but, you know, this time of year, it's really interesting because for, not for stand-up so much, but in the writing world, like, this can be the busiest time of year. Like, a lot of people who write TV pilots and all of that, everything's always due right in the new year. And, I'm starting a new writing job in December 2nd that goes right up until Christmas. And then I've got the script. So my downtime is like downtime. Like I don't go do fun mm-hmm. things for downtime. Sometimes it's like, I cannot think another thought or speak to another human. So I need to go to my couch and <laughs> like get up really early in the morning sometimes and just watch like two or three and zone out with my coffee. And then I feel so much better. <laughs> I think that everyone has their happy place. That's like your happy place. You just kind of go there That's to my just happy settle. Place. Oh. And I love Christmas. Like I decorated my place the day after Halloween. And I, my tree isn't up yet. It's a fake tree, so I can put it up anytime. But I just, I'll maybe do that this weekend. But yeah, I'm a weirdo. I love, I love Christmas. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's a nice, you know, it's a fun holiday. It's all about having fun. I just love that time of year that, you know, it, we used to have weather in LA, but now it's usually pretty warm. But um, just that cozy, sparkling lights everywhere—it makes everything seem so nice. And January is so depressing. I really mm-hmm. think we should keep 
our decorations up until March or something because it's like winter starts off with this glorious sparkles and lights and then it just kind of <laughs> so what are the elements that make a great like Hallmark or Lifetime or Christmas like movie what do you think oh. are those those pieces that you have to have in every movie you definitely have to have someone who needs to get out of this the big city like they're on it you know I like mm-hmm. the ones where there's some kind of mix-up where there was one where this girl got on a flight to I think it was Jamaica but it was Jamaica Vermont or something <laughs> like that <laughs> I love when someone shows up in cold weather and they haven't passed for it for whatever reason because usually it is some kind of mix-up and they have to spend five days at some inn and they fall in love like that's my favorite part and my favorite part is when they fall in love with you know a guy who maybe a guy or a woman someone always is a little bit wary of you know you came in from the big city you don't live here you know or or how are we going to make this work Mm -hmm. we just fell in love in five days but we don't live in the same place they always make it work and what I like about those movies is a lot of people who make fun of them are always saying the women fall in love and they quit their job. That never happens. The women always keep their high powered job somehow. And they just make it work with the guy they met that runs a Christmas tree farm in the country. Like somehow it works. It's the magic of Hallmark where long distance relationships work or you can just move. You just move. You just pick up and move or he just takes the Christmas tree farm. He brings it to wherever you live. Um, There's also the ones where you're like going home and it's you're going home and then you meet the little love who you used to be with. And then all of a sudden you meet them. Yeah. And it's like the Christmas magic of bringing everyone back. That's my favorite kind. And I know that like I'm very Hallmark like brand loyal Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, you got to watch the Netflix ones. You got to do. I'm like, well, now we're getting ridiculous. Like, I already have no time watching as many Hallmark movies as I'm watching. I'm not going to start adding Netflix and all this into it. You'd have to and just, I don't like yeah. the ones that are about like a prince in a different country. It's too complicated. Oh, <laughs> Keep it, it simple. simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have really enjoyed chatting with you, Jen, and I'm so excited for your show uh, in Durham, December 7th. People can get tickets um, and they can come and, and they can also you know, sign. You're going to have your book available, right? Yeah, I'm going to bring my books there. And yeah, so right after the show, I'll be signing and selling. Great. Proceeds are going to go to the the Food Bank of Eastern and Central North Carolina. People can just check it out, come and see you. They can also see, check out your podcast um, and they can go to your website, uh, Jen, was it jenkirkman.com uh, to get That's more right. information about you for the tour, for the book, uh, for the podcast and everything else. And they can also follow you on social media. What's your handles? Just my name as well, Jen kirkman.com or at jen kirkman i'm like 100 years old at jen kirkman on twitter and at jen kirkman on instagram nice and jen is with one n um that is correct yes so thank you so much for joining me um and we can't wait to come see you in durham that was such a fun interview I'm I'm so mad I didn't get I know, to like, Ashley talk was to busy because it was a time frame where Ashley couldn't be there because you didn't hear her on there. Um, sometimes it works yeah. out where we have a phone call with someone who's from out of the area. Right. Obviously, I couldn't like beg to reschedule. You couldn't just. But, yeah. Ugh. She. I like the friends. The fact she's friends with Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Um, I think like we how? need to get him on the podcast. Hello. Can we just find where Ooh, is he? Connections. Yeah, we, she's got some connections. connections so maybe leverage. Jen, maybe Jen can help <laughs> us. Um, it's just such a good time to kind of talk to her and definitely check her out at Motorco. Yeah. Oh, that'll be an amazing show. So like if you're ready to just 
laugh your tail feathers off. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh my tail feathers off all the time. I wish I could laugh like my tail feathers off. It would help me after oh. Thanksgiving, after I eat all the pie and the turkey and all that good stuff. Are you going to go shopping? Are you going to go shopping on Thanksgiving or Black Friday? It is a tradition for my mom, my sister, and I to go shopping on Black Friday. So, do you get up really early? Oh yes. Oh yeah. We make a whole two pots of coffee. We pack granola bars. We like do our stretches. We get in the car. We're like, okay, but we're we're not the Thursday shoppers. We are oh. Friday only. So, so you, okay, Friday at like two in the morning, <laughs> we're out of the house. Do you are you the people that run through the store and throw everything in the cart and then sort it later? Because no. I've seen those people. It's oh, like supermarket no. sweep. It terrifies we, me. We are very mindful Black okay. Friday shoppers. And we just, I mean, for us, it's like being in the mix. More than it is like really. Do you go for going. anything? Spe- you don't go for something specific. Do you tend to look through the ads? Are you an? I'm an ad person. I look through the ads and mm-hmm. I see if something sparks my attention. If yeah. it does, then that's where I'm going to go. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not going. Oh, that, and that makes total sense because people are exhausting on Black Friday. Like, it is a whole commitment. But, I mean, we look through it, but we also like kind of just. We have a list and then we browse from there. Mm-hmm. So like we'll go to one store oh. that we want to go to and then we'll go to the one right next door and just be Why like, not? Yeah. what's here? What you got? I love it. I love yeah. My mom and I did the mall one time. We went to Crabtree. Oh, uh, my mom, that is, is my mom does not like crowds and she, she was just like, you know, a little overwhelmed. But we had a yeah. good time. It was fun. You know, we did that. My dad and I are typical Black Friday like shoppers, but we'll go on Thanksgiving. I've gotten some great deals on Thanksgiving um, doing, you know, just going around and I look at the ads, see what's what's good. You know, yeah. Christmas presents for my son. I've gotten many a good gift for him yeah. um, on a Black Friday deal. But also on Saturday, is shop local Saturday. So it's perfect. Right. So you can do Thursday, Friday if you want to do some of the bigger chains. And then you can switch over to Saturday and shop local. Remember to shop local because I mean, that's I find some really great stuff. And I know yeah. next week uh, or the week after it's soon, we're going to be doing our favorite things. Yes. All and about local. we are crowdsourcing some opinions. So we're going to share our favorite things, but we want to hear from you, too. Yes. Like, what are your favorite things from the past year or so? Like, what have you found? What are your favorite places yeah. to go? Where are the great local gifts? I have, we have some, some yeah. stores that we love to hit up. And we would definitely want to know from you, what are some of the things that you love and some of the great finds? that Like, I mean, for me, it's certain places I go whenever I'm like, I want to give a great local gift. Mm-hmm. I know the stores I'm hitting to find that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we definitely want to know. So please let us know. Uh, You've been listening to the Out and About podcast, a production of CBC, Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. And uh, we're just chilling. We're having a good time. If you want to leave us a review, we'd love a review. We'd love to know what you guys think. Uh, Please share it with your friends. Subscribe, whatever you want to do. Tag us on social (laughs) um, and tell us what you're doing. And and please send us pictures of your Thanksgiving plate because we really want to know what you're eating. Yeah, we're Uh, just always hungry. We are always hungry. (laughs) W-R-E-L, we're always hungry. There's always food. Uh, So we hope you have a fantastic week. Speaking of, I'm about to go pick up cake for the office. Oh, Ashley's (laughs) going to get some cake, so this is perfect time to head on out, guys. Uh, And we will see you next week. Bye.